Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 222, looking at your darkest thoughts in a new light. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. Before I jump into today's episode, I want to mention something that I would like to do here on the podcast um, that I need your help with. So I've been thinking for a while, and I've heard from others um, around this as well, that it would be really helpful or really interesting if I perhaps did some full coaching sessions and shared those on the podcast. Uh, My friends, Angus and Rohini Ross, had an awesome podcast where they did an intensive with a couple and they shared a lot of their coaching with that couple. Then they came in and talked about it. And I I love that so much. And I I think others do that as well. Um, But I think for a lot of reasons, so that's part of my inspiration, but I think for a lot of reasons, hearing this stuff, you know, in action, like hearing and, and seeing uh, especially the person being coached, seeing where their mind goes and where their resistance is and where their questions are. Um, and then and then hearing me, you know, talk through those, I think is just so, so helpful. This is what makes the little school of big change so powerful is that over six weeks, people hear tons and tons of coaching. And I say it every single time, like that is the power of that course. It's not the lessons I created. It's not uh, It's not anything else, truly. It's that just hearing this unfold in real time in, in a conversation. So anyway, I would love to do that. And to do that, I need people to coach. So if you would like to have a free coaching session with me in exchange for letting me post it and share it on the podcast, please reach out to support at dramyjohnson.com and just let us know just a line or two. We don't need a big background, but just a little bit about what you'd like to be coached around and maybe we can make that happen. And if you want to use a fake name or change some details, if you if that makes it more comfortable for you, absolutely no problem. Um, but yeah, let me know. And I think this could be really fun. Okay, so... Speaking of coaching, in today's episode, I want to talk about something I've been using in my own coaching more, um, more and more recently, and and in my self-coaching, if you will. I've been exper- experimenting with this with myself, which I always do, by the way. When I come across something new, um, whether it's just some big insights I'm having or, in this case, something that's kind of a little bit more of a tool or technique sort of thing. Um, I always use it on myself first or if if appropriate, hire a coach to use it on me first or whatever so that I can have that experience because before I start trying to share it and use it with other people, I think it's, um, I think that's really important. So what I'll talk about here and give some examples of is something that I've been experimenting with and it kind of comes from a lot of different sources, but essentially to me, this is something I've been talking about for a while now, um, especially in the last year, which is leaning in to what's arising, welcoming what's arising, looking in the face of what's arising. Because I think it's very, very easy to be in this conversation that we have and talk about how it's just thought, um, 
I may even have a book <laughs> titled that, which again, if you remember, I didn't want to call my book that. I'm not saying I was right and they were wrong. But anyway, um, it's very easy to say, oh, it's just thought. Oh, it's just energy. Oh, it's just feeling. And our mind is so smart and it so does not want to feel stuff that it will it will take these massive insights, which are true, I think. It is just thought. It is just feeling and just energy. But it will, a mind will take that and say, oh, okay, then we don't need to go there. Then we'll just keep pushing it over in this corner. It's just thought. I know it's not true. Right. It is just thought and it isn't true. And, and if that's the case and you deeply know that, why would you push it in a corner? You know, if something is truly safe and it is truly all, is truly okay, it is, it is all one, it is just the energy of life, it makes absolutely no sense. If we deeply see that, it makes absolutely no sense to push it away. It, it just doesn't. So to the extent that we're still sort of, and when I say we, of course, I just mean our mind is doing this, but to the extent that our mind is still kind of pushing something away and and maybe quickly saying like, oh, I know it's just a feeling and it'll pass, you know, in a, in a bypassy kind of way that the mind loves, uh, not helpful. Uh, maybe more helpful than, oh my God, I can't handle this. What's happening to me? So yeah, it's a, it's a step along the, it's a, it's a progression, you know, it's, it's maybe more helpful than fearing everything, but there's more to see. There's more to see if we continue to push things under beds and in corners and in closets and not feel them. And we'll know when we're doing that because we just feel it. We just feel it. We we feel the tension, the resistance. It shows up as anxiety or habits or pain or just whatever, whatever it shows up as. So in the big picture, the essence of what I'm going to talk about and, and really the essence of everything that I think is helpful is leaning in, not oh, that's just energy. I don't need to worry about it. I'll just lean away from that. No, it's just energy. So you are safe to lean in and we have to lean in because what's arising is arising to be seen. It's not arising to be pushed away. It's not arising because it's wrong or it's random or whatever. Like life is safe and it is for us. It is us. We are life. It is all perfect. And the more we're just in all of it, it changes everything, everything. And again, any bit of suffering is coming ultimately from some form of resistance. So in the spirit of welcoming, saying hello to it, leaning in, seeing what's there, a lot of things and have kind of come my way um, as, it, as it happens, which is so cool. I love this. Whenever I kind of, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but it feels to me anyway. Like whenever I kind of get onto something new, it's like, I, it's just so cool how so many things show up. You know, like when I first started to explore different things about non-duality, it's like just things showed up that just all gelled and helped it kind of land and make sense. And I couldn't have sought those things out because I didn't even know what they were. But uh, it's just cool how it works that way. And I know that's not just me. It, it does work that way for for all of us. So I think we just get the eyes to see something and then we just start seeing it all over. Um, but anyway, so so that's what's happened here in a sense. So a lot of this um, is inspired by uh, Peter Koenig's uh, reclamation work. 
if you're in the Little School Big Change graduate community, you will know that because Peter was our guest speaker um, this past June. And Peter was brought to me by uh, Christine Robertson, who is a change coach. And she, she's been amazing at finding this way of seeing things and working with people and kind of it's it's all perfectly consistent with what we do in change coaching, which is whatever we do, what we do in change coaching is whatever's helpful, really. Um, but she's really kind of brought that together and brought it to our coaching community. And many of the change coaches are are into this and seeing the benefits of it, which is just really, really cool. So, um, so it's partly inspired by that. And, and it's also, again, there's so many things that have come along. They're like, oh yeah, this is the same thing, or this points to it as well. Um, Scott Killaby's work, which I really love. Scott Killaby is a non-duality guy, really, but he's, but he's, um, kind of come up with some inquiries and some ways of looking at some of these really uh, painful thoughts and feelings that we have that allows us, again, to not bypass them. He completely sees the value and and he's had some major awakenings himself around being awareness and, and zooming out and seeing things as they are, but also knowing like, hey, then then let's go right into what is showing up. Let's go right into the psychology because why wouldn't we? And he's he's come up with some great ways of doing that. So I've been really inspired by that as well. Very similar to the reclamation work. Um, internal family systems is something that is not new at all and not new to me, but it's it's sort of along these lines and I think it's really kind of fun to play with. So there's a lot of stuff out there that that kind of all converges and and kind of speaks a, a similar story. Um, and again, it's all about not not fighting, welcoming, seeing what's there. So part of this is looking at what's arising and looking at it, <laughs> like uh, voicing it, speaking it, writing it, if that's what makes sense, looking at our darkest, most painful thoughts and feelings, trying to put some voice to them, kind of helping pull them out and and facing them. And I think that can sound very scary. It can feel very scary, but like I know we've said this a billion times, it's the kind of thing where it's like in theory, it feels terrifying when you're holding the beach ball underwater and you're saying, I cannot let go. This thing is going to kill me. If this pops up and hits me in the face, it will destroy me. I cannot let go. Meanwhile, you're your arms are numb and you're, you know, it's taking so much effort to hold this underwater. And that's the suffering. That's the pain you're feeling is the holding it underwater. But we're sure when we're doing that, that no, 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 the pain I'm feeling, the pain I'm going to feel is really going to happen if this thing hits me in the face. Now, of course, we know you let go of the beach ball, it flies up, even if it hits you in the face, big deal. And you're like, oh, that's what all that suffering was trying to prevent. Like, that's what I was afraid of. And that's how it goes. It's how it goes all the time. And and it's not to say that we don't feel some pain and some suffering. We do. But, but man, it's not the clean, actual, real experience that we feel is nothing like the tension and the ickiness of trying to hold things at bay and, and, 
throwing them in the closets and trying to not see things. So a lot of this is about like, hey, let's just look at it. And we have to ease into that. And it's okay if it's painful and it's okay if it isn't. But the more we can look at the darkest thoughts and say them out loud and be with them and be curious about them, all the energy that's being built up in them just starts to diffuse. And I mean, it really is incredible how that happens. So part of it is that is kind of seeing what's in there because why not, right? If it's just thought, it's fine, it's safe. Um, And then also what I really love is like taking it a little step further and seeing like the, the nature of our experience of these thoughts and stories. So, for example, and I'll walk through an example, but for example, let's say that you have a, a painful thought that says, I'm a disappointment. I should have been different. People are disappointed by me. I'm disappointed by me. My life is a disappointment, it, just disappointment all over the place. And And when that thought starts to arise, you start to feel a lot of tension and a lot of discomfort. And maybe that leads to you to go grab something to eat or drink or do. And and there's a lot of action involved that you may not even be aware of, but there's a lot of action and effort involved. And nope, I can't look at that disappointment thing. So much so that often we don't even know what the disappointment thing is. You know, we just know we're running from something. We just know we don't quite like ourselves or it's not quite okay in there. But on the surface, what we're more aware of is, oh, I have this binge eating habit or this drinking habit or this technology habit. Help me fix my habit. And it's like, okay, we can do that and we can we can look at the habit and that's perfect. But what's going to start to get uncovered in that is what the habit's there for, like what it's what it's hiding, you know, what it's helping you hide from. So before long, we're, we're going to hit on that. Um and sometimes we do know, you know, sometimes we're like, like, and in, in if you have a hunch about what it is, like, you know, that's where, that's where we get feedback. That's where we get to see. So maybe you're not quite sure, but you play around with some things. I'm a failure. Nah, that's little energy there, but that's not so bad. I'm a loser. Nah, I don't think I'm a complete loser. I'm a disappointment. Oh, yeah, I just felt that. I felt that in my gut. I felt it in my throat. Like wherever you feel it, you'll know. Your body will show you. You'll tense up. You'll have that that hide inclination. Maybe your habits or something will come to mind. You're going to know. You're going to get feedback. So, So in this example, following this example, like part of it is seeing, excavating some of these really painful beliefs that are being pushed under the rug and saying them out loud and looking at them and noticing how they feel. And and I think noticing how we know, which is a weird question, but it's like if someone has this around disappointment, I'm a disappointment. How do you know you're a disappointment? What does that look like, sound like, smell like, feel like? So maybe they say, well, what it feels like is instantly I feel like I'm going to throw up, like I feel it in my stomach or again, you might feel it in your head or your throat or your chest or wherever you feel it. There's some physical energy there and that's just the physical manifestation of thought. It's all, that is the thought, right? But it's how the thought shows up for us in a sensory physical kind of way. There's also like 
I'm a disappointment. I'm a disappointment. How do you know you're a disappointment? And and there's sometimes images, pictures, memories, a lot of memories. So maybe there's a picture that comes to mind of how you think your life should look. Maybe you think you should own a home or dress a certain way or have a certain relationship or whatever. And so that image comes to mind. And when that image, when these images come to mind, see, it takes a little bit to actually be curious in this sort of detached kind of just curious kind of way. Wow, what is it that shows up there? Oh, that's interesting. I just saw a little, in a very vague, fuzzy way, I just saw myself in a business suit. I don't know. (laughs) Like, oh, okay. So yeah, there's some old images coming to mind maybe of how I thought my life would go. And because because my mind is deeming that I don't match those images, I'm a disappointment. It's really fascinating to look at this stuff. What are the what are the images? What are the pictures that show up to tell you that you're a disappointment? Is it just the words? Do you see the words? I am a disappointment. Do you see that written out? Some people do. Everybody sees this stuff in different ways. Do you hear it? A lot of it can be auditory. It can be a lot of it's an appearance voice or a teacher's voice or someone else's voice. You're a disappointment. You'll never amount to anything, whatever. Like we get that kind of stuff. And and see, we want to be curious about that. Not because we need to dig into the old, deep psychological stories behind it. But if we just are curious about it, right now today and how it's showing up, it starts to reveal so much about, oh my God, just about what this human experience is. What's it made of? It's it's weird and crazy and fuzzy. And so like in this example, let's just say, um, I just bought, <laughs> sorry, a bad side note. I just bought a, um, like a blazer with shoulder pads. It's so cute and it's back in style. And I was telling Willow, like she's in seventh grade and that was in style when I was in seventh grade, like the shoulder pad look. And we had like the new kids on the block hats and all of that. And like, I swear to God, I had this exact blazer when I was in seventh grade. Anyway, um, I'm thinking of it because this, I'm a disappointment. It's like, if there's this (laughs) big little picture of, oh, I was going to wear a power suit and like have a job and make good money and have a home and all of that. Like your your mind's not necessarily going to spit that out in some nice coherent story, you know, it, and it doesn't do that. It won't do that because that's easy to see through. What's really fascinating to see about this is that it's a collection of these really vague, really fuzzy sounds and and pictures and memories that then our mind seems to somehow take and extract this meaningful story. Oh yeah, clearly. Look, you just saw yourself in a Ferrari in a power suit (laughs) and that's not you. Clearly you're a disappointment. Like, huh? What? (laughs) Seriously? That's, that's why I'm, that's why this disappointment thing feels so big. Like that's how it's showing up. So however that is, I think it's just so fascinating to see how this stuff 
shows up in our experience now, or to even just ask the question, even to just be curious about it, because we take it as such truth, such obvious fact, I'm a disappointment. And see, that's where going into the feeling in your body helps too. Your body will instantly have some feeling when this is a really painful thought that you actually believe. And that contributes to it just feeling so true and real, you know? So when we kind of break that up a little bit and and can kind of see, yeah, I'm a disappointment. Whew, I feel that. That feels true. But how? But why? But how do I know? And we go into these pictures and memories and images, which are really vague, really, really fuzzy. It just shines a whole different light on this whole thing. Okay, so let's look at like a real example of how this might go. So there's um, there's a woman, I'm going to disguise her identity a little bit, but she she's really going through like a hard, dark time in life and a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff has happened and a lot of stuff, thoughts, old thoughts and old fears about herself and all of that are starting to come up. She went through a breakup that she did not want to have happen. So she was broken up with really hard Um obviously really hard, but, you know, also hard as it, as it often is when we're the ones broken up with, not just hard because of the ending of the relationship, but all kinds of stuff came up. Yeah, I knew it. Uh, no one will ever love me. I knew I wasn't good enough for him. You know, who did I think I was to think I could be in a relationship? How how could I be so easily just disregarded? All of, a lot of that stuff, right? So, that was already going on and being felt and dealt with, uh, however it was being dealt with. And then there was um, a financial thing that happened where because of a innocent mistake that she made, um, her finances kind of like all the money she had been saving was gone. It had to go toward fixing this mistake and just a, you know, just an innocent mistake. But it kind of wiped her wiped her clean of a lot of the effort that she had been working toward and hopes and dreams that she had. And she's sort of back to like a square one in a sense with a lot of that. So really, really just tough, you know, four or five months or so in her life. The kind of time when it's like you're sort of questioning everything, like everything that you thought was moving in a certain direction goes away. And then you're like, now what? You know, and I'm sure we've all been through our own version of that at times. So it's a tough time and there's a lot. And and of course, it would be tough. You know, the circumstances, like these circumstances are not easy, fun circumstances to deal with, but that's not really the issue. She's dealing with the circumstances just fine. It's that all this stuff is coming up as it does. And, and I think it's just big to see, like this stuff comes up to be seen. It doesn't come up to be dealt with. It doesn't come up to be soothed and coped with. It comes up to be seen. And in our seeing of it, that's how it's healed or dealt with or whatever. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't need to be coped or dealt with. It needs to be seen. And that's how we really grow and see through this stuff. So, um, Tracy's going through a lot of that. So there, and I think I want to mention that 
part of how you know that there's a bunch of old stuff in there, thoughts and beliefs that are that have been shoved in a closet for a long time. They're like that beach ball held underwater is, again, you feel the resistance. It often shows up as habits or pain or whatever, exhaustion, whatever it shows up as. Um, but there's also a sense of shame. You know, the shame is big because these thoughts, uh, these beliefs that we have are always bad things about us. There's, there's, I mean, sometimes it might just be like, I don't want to die. I'm afraid to die or I'm afraid I'll lose everything. But even that is a me thought. It's always about me or it wouldn't be so big. Our mind just doesn't care that much if, if it, there isn't a me at the center of it. So shame, because that's what shame is, right? Like shame is often part of this. And so when Tracy was going through all this again, yes, there's a breakup to heal from. There's big financial stuff to deal with. She's doing great dealing with those aspects. It's the shame and it's all the heavy, heavy, messy stuff that that really knocked her over. And for most of us, that's exactly how it goes. So I asked Tracy to first, because there's just so much in there and it's so emotional, so hard. And I really had the sense, partly due to the shame, partly due to just how she was talking about it, really had the sense that there's a lot in there that she's been pushing away for a long time that she doesn't want to see. And and that stuff will sneak out. You know, it's like people will say, um, they'll be talking about what's going on and then it'll just kind of come out like, I knew, I know I just, I'm not, I can't hack life. Like I'm not, I'm not cut out for this. That kind of stuff will just slip through and then they'll go back to like the logistics or what they need to deal with or whatever. And you're like, wait a minute, let's back up for a minute here. So you don't necessarily have to back them up. I'm kind of speaking as a coach here, but you don't have to back them up. But that, you notice that, right? Like that's kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, that's something in there. I can't handle life. That's kind of big. And then when this stuff comes up in different, slightly different forms or slightly different words over and over again, and you see the heaviness of it when you're talking with someone, you you can feel it. You can see the emotion that they feel around it. That's exactly what we're looking at here. That's the stuff that we need to get out and look at and talk about. So the first thing I asked Tracy to do was to make a list of all of all of these painful thoughts that came to mind for her. Whenever one of these came up, write it down. Just just keep a list going. And I know this isn't going to be easy. You know, it may be really hard. You're probably going to cry through it. You might have to take some breaks. It might take a week. It might take a month. You might spill it all out in five minutes. Who knows? And it doesn't matter. But when you feel, and you you might also get some stuff out that's kind of on the surface and then you go away from it and then some more stuff starts coming. Okay, there's some more in there. So don't overthink this. It's so simple. But it's just like, hey, what what feels like pain right now? Let me get this. It's like, let me purge this out and put it on paper and just get it out. Because again, I just can't say it enough. Like it, what hurts is that it's being shoved away. When we get it out, it, it is on its way out. It, that just does so much for us. So she made a list and she cried through the whole thing and it was hard and it was painful and it was emotional and it was and it didn't feel great to share it she felt a lot of shame in sharing it and she said when she shared it 
She thinks she's the only one who has those thoughts. And it's crazy because of course, like everyone has had the same thoughts that she has. And so that's a lot of the energy and what we're resisting is thinking, this is me, this is mine. No one else feels this way. And and on her list, you know, were things like, I'm a loser, I'm a disappointment, I can't make it through life, I'm too weak, I, I, you know, not where I should be, I'm wasting my life. I mean, as I read that list, I have thought every single one of those things multiple times, and I know we all have. So that's just good to see, too. Good to remember, too, you know, that this stuff that we're, we're shoving it away because it feels so personal, so deeply personal, and these are, they're all shared thoughts. Every human on earth thinks this stuff at times. Sometimes we carry a few around forever. Sometimes they just flow through and we feel them occasionally, but they're all there for all of us. So Tracy got this stuff out, cried through it, which I love. That, that already is breaking up the energy. If she got it out, and there's no right or wrong way, but if she wrote the list in a very robotic kind of cold way, and it's like, okay, here's my list, that's fine you're going to be curious about that, right? So, I mean, it's amazing when we feel emotion. The emotion is starting to, is breaking it up. It's like when that beach ball gets released and it comes out of the water, it splashes. There's some emotion around that. So there should be, and that's great. And it's all part of this process. So I asked her once she had this list out, to go down that list, to look at those statements and to say them out loud and to say them out loud a few times if she could, like maybe go back to it over and over. And as she's doing this, to feel the energy of them. So as I mentioned earlier, sometimes some will fall a little bit flat. Like I'm a loser. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like a loser, but that doesn't have much for me. Okay, fine. No big deal. But I'm a disappointment or my life should be different. My life wasn't supposed to be this way. Oh, that one I really feel. My throat closes up and I, you know, whatever, whatever you feel. Okay, well, that's one that is good. <laughs> There's a lot of energy behind that. It feels really true. So again, I do this, I have done this myself where I feel some sense of discomfort or shame or just kind of feel triggered by something, whatever. And I'll go and I, I have a notepad. I hope I never lose my phone. <laughs> uh, I have a notepad on my phone of all my shameful, horrible statements. Um, and it's so helpful. It is, and, it, and it's, it's just so helpful, first of all, to feel this ickiness and then to, to see, okay, what's, what's behind that? What am I believing? Like, what's the thought behind that? And to get it out. And then most of all, honestly, to go down that list at times and say that stuff. And I think, and this is this is what Peter Koenig talks about in his work, is really about saying this out loud. He calls his work energy work, body work. That there's something about saying it out loud rather than just reading it in your head that really kind of, I don't know what it does, but I agree. It shifts something. I mean, it just, you're saying it, you're feeling the energy physically. You're starting to see it in a different way. It's loosening it. It's it's pulling it even further out of the closet to say it out loud. So um, Tracy could go down her list and say, I'm a loser. I'm weak. My life is not going the way it was supposed to go. I'm a disappointment. Or she could stick with one that has a lot of energy and say it out loud. 
and really be with that. And I, I have been doing this too at times and like, you know, uh, something about the, the, the more real they feel and maybe the longer they've been shoved away. It sounds crazy, but it feels like such a rush to say the stuff out loud. Initially, it feels almost like, oh my God, like, wow, really? Am I? And I mean, we're really talking about like your biggest fears, like the, the worst, the worst stuff. So I'll share one of mine. Um, again, I have a long list full of them, but one of mine is, uh, that I'm a horrible wife. Like sometimes I'm just a horrible wife. Oh my God. And that has a lot of shame. It has had a lot of shame. Um, and when I don't look at it, if it's pushed away, oh, that's this horrible dark thing. This like just niggling fear about myself that's just lurking in the background, sucking energy. Like, oh, is that true? Am I? And then my mind will be like, no, 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 you're not. You're great. <laughs> you know, you did all these wonderful things and you're a great wife. And, and but you feel, it doesn't matter because you feel the tension. That's just a mind trying to convince you otherwise and protect you from it. But it's, meanwhile, it's like in there and it's sucking your energy, you know? So, so it's like when you start to identify some of that and pull it out. And again, you'll know by how it feels physically. I'm a horrible wife. When I first started saying that out loud, it, I felt sick. Like, it, like one of the worst things I could ever admit. And the more I say that, I'm a horrible wife and that's okay. I'm a horrible wife sometimes and that's okay. It just, it started to feel like such a rush. It felt like powerful. It felt exactly like what's happening. Like something that's been hidden is just getting to come out and be released. It feels in a much better way, but it reminds me of um, like, like last week I went to the dentist. It's like if you've been putting off your cleaning, putting off your dentist appointment, and then finally you go, you know how good that feels? I mean, you know, like and this feels a billion times better <laughs> to say these statements, but it just reminds me of that. It's like something that we've been putting off and pushing away and trying to not think about on some level to actually get it done, to actually pull it out and say it in this case. Ugh, it feels so good. And and when I've done this, I mean, really, there's just been a sense of like almost like a floating, like a lightness, which shows me again, because just listening to this, listening to what I'm saying, and when I first started just listening to Christine and, and Peter uh, and others, you know, again, other people talk about a very similar thing, talk about this. It's like, yeah, that's, I get it. I'm sure that's works. I'm sure that's helpful. But you feel it. You really feel it. I wouldn't be having a whole podcast episode about this and using it in my work if I if I didn't do it myself and really, really feel it. I mean, I felt the lightness of saying these things. So anyway, that's the first thing that I, that you, we can all do. It's so simple. And that I asked Tracy to do and that I've done is to just keep this little list. And when it occurs to you, say them out loud. And what you'll most likely find is again, some have a lot of energy, meaning you feel it physically or they just feel alive for you. And some don't. And that's wonderful. Many don't. They fall right off the list. They're just non-issues. But but as long as there's some energy there, say it and and look at it and play with it. And, it, and it'll, it's going to start to shift a little bit. Now, 
the next thing I asked Tracy to do is, it, it was more of a conversation. It's like in saying this stuff, it's, it's again what I was saying earlier, but in in saying this stuff, like let's look a little bit deeper. Not just say it out loud. Saying it out loud is great and yelling it and being all excited about it. I'm a horrible wife, but it's okay. Like that you will for sure feel some lightness, for sure. But but if we look at it even more, you know, look at it in an even deeper way, how do I know? What's that, what's that coming from? Now, this is a little tricky because what you don't want is your mind to come in with a bunch of stories and proof and evidence. And, you know, like we don't really want your mind to be part of this process. So when I say, how do I know that a mind will love that question and it'll write you a dissertation about how you know, and that's not what we're looking for. What we're looking for is like, oh, this horrible wife thing. How is that represented? I see a very clear image when I think I'm a horrible wife. Well, first of all, I feel it. I feel like a closing down, a shutting down. I feel like a like a hardening almost in my chest. Um, I see an image of like turning my back to my husband. There's memories there. There's sounds. There's statements made. Like, but but it isn't this nice like put together movie you know it's not like like in a, it's not like my mind's like okay let's just play this movie and show you exactly why you're a horrible life wife like it sounds like that that's how our mind will tell us for sure this is your for sure you're a disappointment you're a horrible wife life should be different and here's why but again that's the mind with its conceptualized story about all of this what we want to look for is like okay what's that What's that even coming from? Like if we look deeper than that stupid story and let the story be out and listen to that story because we don't want to push that away either. But if we look a little deeper, what's even that story made of? What's behind it? And it is, it's like these little flashes and these weird images. And when you try to get close to them, oftentimes they disappear. Now, I did a whole podcast episode on this about a year ago. Um, I remember that it was about exactly a year ago because the example I used is, was of uh, buying a pumpkin and we're at pumpkin buying time again. So it was probably episode 50 ago, I don't know, 170-ish, give or take, um, about like what even is a thought where I really got into exactly what I'm saying here. It's like I had the, th- I remember having the thought like, oh, I should go buy a pumpkin. And I was just sitting comfortably on my couch. And and what happened there? Okay, I saw a little orange pumpkin in my head. My muscles got tight and ready for action. Like to dissect it in that way a, a little bit and be curious about like what makes us even do this stuff we do? Where Where did that come from? And how did it look? There's something in doing that for these really painful thoughts that that continues to kind of pull back the curtain. You know, if you just think I'm a horrible wife, I'm a disappointment, my life should be different, that has such that heavy, true, solid energy to it. When you look again, there's nothing all that true or solid or even clear and definitely not sensical. So you start to firsthand get the sense of how there's just a, mishmash of sensory stuff popping off up there and then a mind takes all that and tells this you're a loser story or you're a horrible wife story or whatever your body clenches around it and then you go on believing that that's true so this does something really amazing at like 
breaking that up, helping you see through it a little bit. And I, I know I've said a lot of words here. I'm kind of talking about it a lot, probably very repetitively, but I don't want, I don't want it to sound complicated. All we're talking, it's super simple and you can't get it wrong. Just your own curiosity will lead you there. So if for you it's, um, you know, I'm a disappointment, let's say, again, look at what are the images, memories, what memories come up? Just, you know, and if there's nothing, there's nothing, fine. But what's in there that makes me believe this I'm a disappointment thing? And then just, just like, yeah, I am a disappointment. Sometimes I am a disappointment. I've disappointed myself. I'm sure other people have been disappointed by me. <laughs> That's not a big one for me, but even just saying that in, in, right now as I record this, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I can be a disappointment. That's okay. I can still be happy. I can still be peaceful. I'm still a human being. I'm still alive. And I'm a disappointment. Okay. That, that can all be there. It just... It just does so much. It's almost like when you repeat a word or a phrase over and over again, you know how you do that? And and then it's like the meaning starts to just fall away from it. And it sounds like a, just a gobbledygoo of sounds. Like if you're to say, I don't know, igloo, <laughs> igloo, igloo. First of all, you have, you say igloo. I anyway, see an igloo in my head. I see the word I-G-L-O-O. I see that in my head igloo. It's a thing, right? I know what an igloo is. You say it enough, igloo, 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 igloo. And all of that starts to fall away. And it just is like, what is this? Some random sounds. And again, this isn't a trick to get yourself there, but it's super insightful. We are living in the trick. The trick is what our mind does. The trick is how our mind takes all these these vague images and memories and pieces of this and sounds of that and pulls it into it pulls it together into a story that says you're a loser and your life should be different and we live in that that is the trick that's the trick all we're doing is getting curious about what's behind this trick getting really curious about the pieces and again you i won't have to defend this at all if you try it and you see because you you will feel the lightness and, and it might take a little bit. And again, it might feel really painful and really uncomfortable initially because there's a reason we've been pushing this stuff away for so long. We think it's true and real. So to first pull it out might might not be the most fun, but it starts to feel like so powerful and such a rush to just face what you've been not facing. So it was so clear and what Tracy was going through. And it was clear to her too. She said this right off the bat. She's like, yes, every bad thing I can imagine happening has happened. Like everything has been wiped clear. And even in all the suffering and fear and pain of that, she knew there was, you know, she knew there was something in that for her. She could feel all this stuff coming up just intuitively. As much as she didn't initially want to look at it and feel it, intuitively she knew for sure that this is coming up to be seen. There's something in this that's gonna that's not just here just for suffering's sake. There's never anything. Suffering doesn't happen for suffering's sake. Suffering is a wake-up call. It, it is all for us. So... I think that piece of this is just huge to remember that stuff arises to be seen. And I don't know how it works, you know, who knows, but there's some interesting 
theories, I guess, or just, you know, thinking around this, that when, when there's a lot of anger, for example, say you have a lot of anger and anger is not okay. And you've been pushing anger away for most of your life and shoving it in the closet and holding that beach ball underwater and can't feel anger. You go through life and you tend to run into a lot of situations that bring up anger. I mean, like there's just stuff that, like, like if you're holding anger at bay, I bet you get cut off in traffic more than the average person. Maybe, maybe not. I don't, I don't know how it all works, but it sure seems that way. And again, some people say that, that that's, that's light. It's not that there's some big plan behind it, but it's like all of this is opportunity to feel what's not being felt. So if that happens, that's perfect. It's perfect that you keep running into these situations that bring up anger because anger wants to be seen and anger has been shoved in a closet for 50 years. Anger is like, just feel me so I can leave already. Just feel me so I can just show up, be seen, be heard and move along. That is what I think that's how, what emotion wants. I think that's what life wants. It's like, don't close me off and push me away. Just see me. So for Tracy in this situation, I think she really had a sense of that. It's really awesome. Like, okay, there's a bunch of stuff coming up right now that I think is perfect for me as much as I hate it, as scary as it is, and I don't want to face it. And that's what we're talking about is just being able to see it and feel it and speak it and look at it and yell it and and laugh about it eventually it breaks it up and it and it helps life make sense not that all of this had to happen to make that happen who know we don't have to tell those stories but it, it just goes so far in helping you not be afraid of life because anything we feel is just there to be felt and seen and that's ultimately again and everything i share here it's like that's the ironic way that change happens we think we've been told change happens by fixing things, by avoiding things, by fixing a feeling, by making our habit go away. That never really leads to lasting change at all. But we know, those of us listening to this know by now that change is ironic. The, pro- the change process is a very ironic one and that as soon as you stop pushing everything away and shoving it in closets and trying to not see it, as soon as you pull it out and look at it, that's how change happens. And it happens quick and it happens instantly because we're not fighting. We're just with what is. Now, you can't just say that. That's, that's what I think, I don't know, anything that says like, oh, just accept it and love it. And that's the end of the story. That's going to be tough. So so what we do is we see what it really is. Oh, this is that I'm a loser story. It's that weird memory from when I was four and then a picture of me in a in a shoulder pads in a Porsche. Oh, okay. Well, that's nothing to fear. Like all of the conversation here is helping us feel safer in our experience so that we can see it, not so that we can bypass it. Not so that we can have permission. Our mind has permission to brush it under the rug. No, if it's safe, let's look at it. Let's yell it from the rooftops. Why not? So it all kind of comes full circle in that way, you know, that what we want, all the stuff that we want to be free of, to be free, we just lean right into it. And to lean into it, it's going to be a lot easier when we start to see a little bit of what it's about when we 
practice, you know, looking at it and saying it and seeing it and being curious about the real, real nature of it. Do you want a life-changing experience for yourself as you learn to support and coach others as a change coach? In the Change Coach Training Program, you'll spend six months immersing deeply in this paradigm with me and an incredible group of people who quickly become like family. You'll get to observe and debrief a ton of coaching before doing a ton of coaching yourself with support and feedback the whole way through. You'll leave the program feeling confident and ready to work with others and with the option of becoming a certified change coach. This program is unlike any other in terms of the personal feedback, guidance, and support you receive. Check out all the details at dramyjohnson.com slash coach training. And on Tuesday, November 1st, I'll be hosting a webinar where you can hear all about the Change Coach Training Program from me and a panel of graduates. Register for the webinar at drammyjohnson.com slash changecoachwebinar2023.